0: Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning.
1: We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on Season 1.
0: I'm your host, Jess Sabanko.
1: And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko.
0: Now let's get into this week's episode. This week we're discussing Season 1, Episode 4, Dead Man Dating. It originally aired on October 28, 1998 and had 6.2
1: million viewers. So in the beginning of the episode, it starts with someone ringing the bell at the manor and Prue opens the door and it's Andy. Andy says he just kind of wanted to stop by, um, and Prue lets him in, and they're talking about how they had a great time last night, assuming they went on a date, Um, and Andy gave her a gift because her birthday is coming up the next week, and he said it's just a preview. Uh, She opens up the gift, and inside is a key, and he says it's to uh, an inn or a hotel for them to stay at over the weekend. He says he got them that uh, joining rooms to not assume anything that he shouldn't because um, they were taking things slow last time they spoke about it. Um, And she tells him that she needs to think about it. And he says, okay. And he heads out. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Go ahead. No, you're good.
0: Um, I was just going to say, I thought the scene was really cute. It was pretty sweet. Like. I, I like the way they're movie. interacting with each other.
1: Exactly. That's what I was, I was going to say the same thing. I thought, like, I like the way Andy says that he's going to, you know, he's willing to take things slow. And he seems to be very understanding about Prue because every time she gives him, like, if, if, a, if a guy ever reacted to me the way that Andy reacts to Prue, or the way that Prue reacts to Andy, I would be, like, overthinking constantly because every time andy asks prue out on a date or anything she like gives him like a weird look and is like i don't know i'd be like is there something wrong with me but every time he's like it's okay i understand like yeah
0: to be honest i wasn't even thinking about that because you know watching it i'm like i understand why prue is acting the way she does but now that you're saying it i'm like thinking from andy's point of view like (laughs) it must
1: come across like She's low key, like not into him, right? Exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, think about it from Andy's perspective, and it's so different. Like, if I if I were in Andy's shoes, I would have dipped. I would have been gone. I would have been like, this girl hates me. (laughs) Literally, me in a relationship at all times. When someone says or does something slightly off, I'm like, they hate me. (laughs) Like, they just wish I was dead. It takes, like, the slightest amount of thing for me to, like, feel that way, so something as much as Prue does it, oh my god, I would feel terrible. I couldn't handle it.
0: Yeah, and, like, honestly, that adds even more to the fact that, like, I think the way Andy handles this entire situation... Because I think what he's seeing the hesitancy as is, like, maybe she's, like, worried because they had sex on their first date, so maybe she's worried about that happening again um, and moving too quickly, which I think is part of the reason why he's kind of, like, telling her in this scene, like, I'm ready for us to, like, move on to that next step, but, like, if you're not, I still understand, um, yeah. which I think is a nice way of kind of handling what he might think the problem is
1: yeah true not to mention it's obvious that prue has a secret like it's obvious that she's keeping something from him he knows that but he's not gonna press about it and i think that also plays into why he stays because he knows that it's just something she's not comfortable talking about and that it's not really him you know it's not his fault So yeah, that's just what I was thinking about when I watched that scene. I always feel so bad for Andy in those moments.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think like everything you're talking about right there is something we're going to get to like much later in the episode when these conversations actually start to come up between them. But let's move to the next scene. So we're at a random house. There is a man named Mark and his mother. He's holding a balloon for his birthday, and... His mother brings up his grandma's belief in these evil spirits and offers him the protection charm that is hanging on the front of their house. He puts it back on the house and says he doesn't need that, kind of implying that he doesn't believe in these traditions that his mother and grandmother do. He mentions that he's 23 and he can take care of himself, and then he starts walking away Um, Now he's in town, and he walks into an alley where this group of men follows him. One man pulls a gun on him, and Mark is obviously, you know, confused and upset by this, and asks, what do you want? And the man replies, you make a wish, and shoots him. His ghost exits his body, and then we watch the man who shot him put a ring on his finger, and then some of the other men in the group cover him in gasoline and set his body on fire while Mark's goats watches from the outside.
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty hectic scene there right off the bat. <laughs> Second scene in the episode came in hot. But yeah, so obviously this Mark character is going to be important later in the, sh- or, you know, in this episode. and. I'm so excited. I love this episode so much, the way it turns out do too. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And I really love this character. I think even from this introduction of him, we get so much. And I think between this and what we'll see in the next scene with Prue, we kind of see this parallel of, you know, not being interested in your birthday and kind of that storyline gets introduced right away from Mark's character. And we also get kind of this connection between – what gets passed down through the generations between him and the Charmed Ones. So in his family, it's this belief in the Chinese legends and the protection charms and those types of things. Whereas with the Charmed Ones, it's obviously their magical powers that get passed down.
1: Yeah, that's true. I forgot about the the way that the directors made the storylines parallel. And I think that it's so smart. Like I'm not, I, I couldn't come up with an idea. I know you could because you, you've always written movies and like stories and stuff like that but I've I'm not creative enough to like think of you know storylines that can in the end flow together between these separate characters so I thought it was pretty smart
0: yeah and I love setups like that where it kind of build uses one storyline to progress the other and kind of uses yeah. one character's journey to help another character grow when they're struggling with the same thing
1: exactly me too Alright, so then it goes into the intro music, and once that's over, it cuts back to the house, and we see Piper, and she's in the kitchen going through a drawer with a bunch of birthday invitations, and she starts kind of putting them together um, to send out, and Phoebe walks downstairs, and Phoebe's like, what are you doing, put the invitations away because Prue is coming, obviously, those are for Prue. And Piper kind of gets annoyed with Phoebe and says that she was supposed to send out the invitations last week and the parties on Friday. Phoebe says they're right on schedule because, you know, the the caterer's called, everything's booked. Uh, And Piper's like, well, that's because I did all of that. And then they kind of start talking about how Phoebe wants to get Prue a gift this year for her birthday and needs to work for it. And Piper says that her traditional birthday gift is a card three days late, and Phoebe says she wants to break the tradition. And then Prue comes downstairs and tells them that the date with Andy went well last night, uh, except that he asked her to go away with him over the weekend. And Piper asked if she said yes, and Prue said she has to think about it. And Phoebe tries to get her to go at first, but then realizes she shouldn't do that because that messes with their whole party plans. And then her and Piper kind of try to convince her not to go. Prue gets sus because they're acting very, like, suspicious, obviously hiding something, um, and asks if they're trying to plan a party for her, and they say no. She says, well, that's good because, you know, I hate surprises. And then Prue leaves. Phoebe and Piper kind of bicker a little bit about how this wouldn't have happened if uh, Phoebe had sent Andy his invitation in the first place. And then that was, then Phoebe says she has to go to work or has to go pay for her gift. And that was how that scene ended.
0: Yeah. So um, one thing that I took note of as a quote from that scene is kind of when they're trying to convince Prue not to go, Phoebe says, unless you're ready to put your toothbrush next to his, you shouldn't go. And I just thought that was so funny.
1: (laughs) Phoebe went (laughs) off there. She went off for a little bit in that trying to convince him. Piper was like, wow. (laughs) No, that was good.
0: I I think, you know, a lot of this scene was really just set up for what the storyline is going to be in the episode. I think the one important character development I'm getting in this scene is sort of Phoebe's desire to impress Prue in some way right to prove that she's not that same like fuck up that Prue knows her to be and that she can do something mature and that she can do something for someone else
1: yeah exactly it definitely shows character development especially them telling uh uh, or you know Piper saying how she typically just gives cards three days late talking about how she doesn't have a job how she gonna pay for it um and Phoebe goes out of her way to do this thing for Prue. I thought that that was like, you know, it's it's showing that Phoebe's changing. Yeah, and I think it's
0: funny because then, you know, we go to the next scene where we see that Phoebe's changing,
1: but she's doing it
0: in a very Phoebe way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect how they made that happen. Like, it didn't just go straight to like, some actual hard job. Oh, I was gonna say something but that would be a spoiler. I'm so bad at this. It's so- <laughs> <laughs> something way later in the show, so forget what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, don't me make continue. me have to do a bunch of
1: editing. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Keep my mouth shut.
0: <laughs> so, in the next scene we go to a hotel. Um we find out that the job that Phoebe is entering interviewing for is to be a psychic at a hotel bar. Um, she's kind of explaining to the manager, the owner, whoever this guy is, what her talent is. Because he's like, Oh, what do you do? Like tarot cards, palm reading. And she says, No, like I'm a psychic. I see the future. And he is very ready to dismiss her. And she kind of goes on to say that I never actually know what's going to happen. Usually it's when I touch someone or I'm in the same general area as them. That's when she has a vision of him on a date and his wife seeing him out on this date. He realizes
1: that she's legit and he hires her on the spot. Yes. Okay. So not much going on in that scene, except we find out what this job is that Phoebe went to a very Phoebe job. Like you said before. And then, so after that we cut to Buckland's and, Prue is on the phone with Piper, and Piper's trying to figure out if she knows what to do about the whole Andy thing yet. Uh, She says she doesn't, but, um, Piper, and then Piper says that she thinks she should go, but on Saturday. And Prue gets sus again, thinking that, okay, well, why would you say that unless you were throwing some surprise party for me? And Piper's like, no, it's not that. Phoebe got you a gift this year and really wants to give it to you on Friday. Uh, and that she even got a job for what for the gift and pru also agrees she's like phoebe doesn't give cards or give gifts she gives cards three days late and then piper as she's saying that phoebe even got a job she sees in the news article what are those called the
0: something it's like called... job listings
1: yeah job listings okay so yeah She sees the job listings and Phoebe, not very slick at all, circles the psychic job that she was thinking of. So Piper obviously found out that that's the job she was going for. And Prue asks what job she got and Piper just was kind of like dismissed it and was like, oh, I don't know. I got to go and hangs up the phone. Is there anything you wanted to add to that scene or should I just? Um, I think for the most part,
0: we're just getting again, some more development on what's going on. We confirm that this is, in fact, what Phoebe always does and we see Piper kind of trying to make sure that party still happens without letting Prue know that the party is
1: happening. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, So, then we're back at the hotel. We get this poster of the amazing Phoebe. Alyssa Milano looks so gorgeous in that photo that's posted. (laughs) And... She's doing a reading for a blonde woman in the meet in the vision that she has. The woman is at a Weight Watchers meeting and Phoebe tells her that she's gained weight. The immediate the woman immediately freaks out and accuses her of being a fraud. She says that she only cheated once that week. And I think it's one of those things that is very of its time. You know, Weight Watchers was something that was popular. Then I think it's still relatively popular now, whereas the idea of body positivity really wasn't. So that's something I definitely took note of there.
1: Yeah, I Um, was thinking that too. I don't think you could ever really get away with saying, like, oh, looks like he gained some weight. Like, you couldn't do that now, it would not fly.
0: Yeah, and also the fact that, like, the woman she's talking to is very conventionally thin. um, And so, kind of, forcing this idea that this thin woman needs to lose weight just feels weird like you shouldn't say that to anyone but to kind of promote this idea that a woman who already fits kind of like society's standards of like the size a woman should be needs to lose more weight just feels wrong
1: yeah it definitely does but it definitely shows that you know shows the era that this was in because people didn't seem to care so much like there was a really you wanted to be like completely skinny like (laughs) yeah but then we go back piper enters
0: the scene then she kind of calls phoebe out for what she's doing and says our powers are supposed to be a secret not a marketable job skill Phoebe's like no I they think I'm a psychic not a witch um it's no big deal this isn't for personal gain this is so I can get a gift for Prue that's when Mark walks into the scene and he asks which one of them is the psychic both of them respond and say that it's Phoebe Mark is immediately super happy and is like you can see me both of you He says he's gone to every psychic in the city and they were his last hope because obviously the other psychics weren't the charmed ones and couldn't see him. That's when Phoebe's boss approaches and he's weirded out by the fact that Piper is talking to no one because, of course, only they see that Mark is there, but they haven't realized that yet. Shortly after, Piper leaves and Mark follows after her. Um, They're walking in the street together. She tells him to leave her alone. She assumes that he's some drunk who just doesn't know what's going on. Um, He tells her that he's dead. He's a ghost. She doesn't believe him at first, but then a guy goes right through him, and that's when Piper realizes that he's
1: telling the truth, and she should help him. Yes. So that's that's pretty much just where we get introduced to Mark, um, meeting the Charmed Ones at least, and I guess kind of further development in the story. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's
0: a cute setup, the way um, they don't realize that no one else can see him, right? And yeah, they just don't believe him at all at first. Like, It's a very fun way to introduce the character to them, as opposed to if... Minor spoiler here, as we'll see later in the series, sometimes these magical beings who need help are very easily able to find the Charmed Ones, whereas um, for Mark, it was kind of a coincidence that he kept seeking people out and then happened upon them.
1: Yeah, that was definitely good. Like, it's it, it definitely changes in the future. And I think that was, I was also going to say kind of something about that, how It does seem to be a common theme, though, for them to not believe someone for something. Like, I know in future episodes, I've noticed the same thing. And it's like, okay, you guys have been doing this for so long. How do you not, like, you're so quick to dismiss (laughs) the idea (laughs) of something being wrong as if it's not a common theme in your lives. Uh, But I guess that's just for story's sake. And also, I you know... The way Piper was talking to Mark, getting very defensive and, like, like, you're harassing me. Like, can you believe this guy? All of that. It's so not Piper. (laughs) Like, I love that we saw that in her, that little, like, spark. I thought it it just made me happy.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting to see because I think for the most part at this point, 90% of the people we've seen Piper interacting with is people Piper cares about, and we've seen how gentle she can be with them, whereas this guy who she does think is just some drunk who's bothering her, the way she reacts to him is very different, which I think is something interesting about her as a character.
1: Yeah, I agree. Okay, so then we cut to Prue and she's walking around at Quake, I assume looking for Piper, I'm not really sure what she was doing there, and she sees Andy sitting and having dinner with a woman, so she comes up and says hi. She introduces herself as Susan Trudeau, and Prue is, which is Andy's last name, and Prue is kind of like, um, oh, like, Trudeau, are you his sister? And she says, no, I'm his wife, and Prue is like, all right so she storms off and andy tries to get up and follow her and is like she's my ex-wife and prue's just like don't bother and she uses her magic to move this like table cart of desserts in front of him and he flips over it knocks the table over falls to the ground it's pretty funny um and then prue just continues to walk out so that was how that went i can't even begin to explain how annoyed this scene has always made me at andy like are you kidding me (laughs) because even if it's just like yeah you're having dinner with your ex-wife whatever but the way that they were sitting really close to each other in the scene and she he like is like licking her ear (laughs) basically i was like um all right like relax yeah, I definitely agree. I
0: think that he's trying to make it out to be like something that's totally fine, but like, even if it's on the cheek, like, why are you kissing your ex? That's like, yeah, not
1: okay. Especially like you guys weren't just like, yeah, it's your ex wife, but first of all, obviously, Pru didn't know about her, and that was your fault because you kept that a secret. Not to mention, you're kissing her on the cheek, you guys are giggling, talking really close, and you're dressed up really nice in a fancy restaurant. Like, that's obviously something more. Plus, there's obviously history there. It's like, that was just, that's always been too much for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and also the fact that, like, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't make sense to me that you've been dating for a month at this point. He said that earlier in the episode. And somehow it never came up that you were married. Like, that makes no sense to me. I have had guys who I've been on, like, two dates with, and I knew a bunch of stuff about their exes just because talking about previous relationships is something you do in a relationship. So it's, like, weird to me. Another thing about this scene that bothers me is when Prue asks if it's his sister, I could see if she asked if it was his cousin, right? Maybe she doesn't know his whole family. But she would know whether or not he has a sister. Known each other since high school.
1: That's what I was thinking that, too. Yeah, at least high school. But I was thinking the same thing. And I also didn't like how the woman was straight up like, no, his wife. Like, especially if you guys are exes, why did you... Why didn't you just be like, oh, no, this," you know, we're just ex-husband and wife like that obviously makes it seem like there's more going on yeah it's just and like
0: it makes it very clear that whatever he feels about their relationship is not what susan feels because if susan was completely over andy she would have read that situation and either introduced herself as his ex-wife or as his friend she wouldn't have gone oh i'm his wife
1: yeah exactly like screw you bitch and not to mention, it—it's—it's it's also a little weird the way they just kind of threw it in there, and then it never ever gets brought up again, and we never see her again either. Like... Yeah, minor spoiler: Susan does not return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you—you you won't see Susan anymore. Maybe crew <laughs> cursed her or something. I don't even know, but. It it was it was just kind of a funny thing for them to make happen. Were they just looking for some type of argument between Prue and Andy? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Um. So now we're in Chinatown. Um. Piper and Mark are walking together. They go to the alley where Mark was killed, and Mark is mentioning to her how somebody has to find his body before Dao Hoi. Um, which means when the gates of hell open, he says if Yama captures his soul before he's buried, he goes to hell. It doesn't matter whether the person is good or evil. Yama doesn't care about that. He's just there to collect souls. They approach his body and Piper sees it. She's kind of freaked out at first. And then that's when Yama shows up. Piper freezes him and they both run away. When we see Yama, he is a masked figure in a cape, he's on a horse, and he has these glowing green eyes. Now, I looked up Yama, and this was a quick Wikipedia search, so I'm, like, by no means an expert on this or anything else in Chinese mythology. But what I found out is that typically um, Yama has been depicted as a large man with a scowling red face bulging eyes on a long beard. He tends to wear traditional robes and either a judge's cap or a crown. So the way that he's depicted here doesn't seem accurate to the way he's been depicted in images and actual mythology, which I think is something that the show does that I'm not sure is the right way to approach a character. I think if you want to take a traditional figure, you should represent them the way that they have been represented by that culture. So that's just something yeah. I wanted to look up and find out a little bit more about, and that's kind of what I found out from that.
1: Yeah, I never really thought about that. I never thought to look Yama, look Yama up or anything. But that's weird. That's weird that they, because that's really different than how they showed him, like on a horse, with the like a. He looked more like a Viking yeah I wonder what that was about
0: like I wonder if it was just because they didn't have like the special effects and makeup department that they have later um where you know making this face or whatever would have been too much for them but we saw last episode they had no issue doing that for Javna, so or two
1: episodes ago so yeah, it's just no, interesting that came me. out really well <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that is interesting. I, I wonder why that is. I wonder if there's like a reason behind it. Because you would yeah. think they'd make it more traditional.
0: Yeah, or if there's some other like variation that just wasn't the one I read about, I don't know. Uh, maybe if any listeners know more about this, they could, you know, send us a message and let us know. But at least that's what I found. And I was definitely wondering why the show is choosing if they want to use a myth that actually exists not to depict it in kind of the popular way. It would be one thing to make up a character and make it look however you want. Um, it's another thing to take something that exists in a specific culture and kind of make it your own in a way that doesn't necessarily feel appropriate,
1: at least to me. Yeah, like you're, it, yeah, it is someone else's kind of culture, story, belief. You know, you would think that you would maybe represent that a little bit better, but, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure there was a reason behind it, right, obviously they did some sort of research, because otherwise they probably wouldn't even know who Yama is, I mean, I've never heard of him before this show, I, I guess I always, I never thought of it as being, like, a real thing, I don't know why I wouldn't, but I guess in my head it was just like, oh, you know, just another, another demon they made up for the show, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Alright, so then we cut back to the manor, and Phoebe is knocking on the bathroom door and says, Prue, you can't do this. Piper's gonna be crushed. And Piper kind of walks up with Mark as she's saying that, uh, or walks up by herself, I mean, and s- as she's saying that and is like, you know, like, what? What's going on? And Prue walks out in her towel and she's like, The surprise party is off. And uh, t- says that the restaurant kind of called her while they were out. And so she knows about the catering and the party and everything. Prue says it hasn't been a great day. And Phoebe asks if it has anything to do with why Andy's been calling all night. But, you know, Prue doesn't really say anything. And then that's when Mark walks up and tries to ask Piper a question. And Prue says, hey, I'm practically naked here. I love when people say naked, like, naked. It's the funniest thing to me. Yeah, like, that. that's so weird. Like, (laughs) how is that even a thing? Naked. I I can't believe Prue says that. It's like a Southwest
0: thing, because I've heard other people say it.
1: Yeah, I've heard other people say it, too, but it's just, it cracks me up hearing Prue say (laughs) it, because, like, Prue, like, relax. Who are you? (laughs) But anyways, so then Phoebe says, what's the drunk from the hotel doing here? And Mark says he's not a drunk, and Piper tries to say he's a ghost. And they're like, what, are you sure? And completely unnecessarily, Piper throws a mug right through him and it breaks on the ground, and she's, like, yep, I'm sure, like, <laughs> I don't know why she had to do all that to prove her point, like, that's, that's a messy cleanup, right, not, like, if high drama,
0: that, Piper,
1: <laughs> I would have been, like, what the fuck, that was, like, my favorite mug, Piper, what are you doing, like, imagine she just, like, threw something that you actually really liked. like, <laughs> it's just, like, I, it, I thought of, like, Doesn't don't grandma and pop up have like a mug with like our picture, all of the grandchildren's pictures on it? Like imagine if someone just did that, was like, here, yeah. That should go. was actually Graham's favorite mug? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Graham's like handcrafted it and Piper just shatters it. I was like, okay, that was unnecessary, but there you go. You proved your point, Piper. And then they we kind of, you know, cut cut some time and are in the kitchen now and uh they're all in there talking about yama piper's kind of explaining to them and then they're like well how do we know he doesn't belong in hell and piper's like well no obviously he's an innocent that we need to protect and they say "They need his... i can't even read what i wrote anyways sorry about that so they say they need his mom to give him a proper burial so that he can move on and, you know, not have to worry about Yama anymore. And so Piper says that she called the police and told them where the body was and wants to give them some time to tell Mark's mom and let them know that, you know, there's his her son is dead before she goes and talks to him or goes and talks to her. And the girls are like, well, why are you going to talk to Mom, his mom, I I can't.
0: Your pronouns (laughs) are off today.
1: (laughs) I know, like, I'm all over the place. So, so many hers and him's. It's okay. So, Piper says she wants to go talk to her because she wants to let her know to give him a proper funeral as soon as possible. And then Phoebe gets a call from work and she kind of just gets called in really fast, so she leaves. And then Prue gets up and asks if, when Piper called the police, she talked to Andy. Piper says no, it was anonymous, and asks if she decided not to go with him. Prue tells her that she decided to go until she saw him having dinner with his ex-wife, and then gets, you know, complains about, like, well, why didn't he tell me that he was married? And then Mark comes in and asks, how's it going? And that's just kind of where the scene is. They give him, like, a weird look. (laughs) So not, you know, not too much going on there. I mean, the girls found out that Mark is legit and are kind of just discussing what to do. Um, And I think that's pretty much all I took out of that scene.
0: Yeah, I think we got a couple cute sister moments, but mostly we were just pushing forward this episode's plot a little bit, getting the background that at some point Piper is going to go see Mark's mom, and that was really it. So then we go to the hotel. Phoebe is talking to her boss. Um, There's someone important staying at the hotel. And he basically tells her that if she talks to him and gives him a good fortune, that she'll always have work at the hotel. That's when Phoebe sees a guy leaving the bar. He left his wallet behind. She goes over to run and grab it to give it to him, and that's when she has a vision of him getting hit by a car. Her boss notices her acting a little off and asks if she's okay, and she says that she's fine, and that's where that scene ends.
1: I feel like this whole thing, because Obviously that premonition is important. I mean, she saw somebody getting hit by a car, so, you know, obviously we're going to hear about that again. I feel like this this storyline was just kind of, you know, thrown in to ha- to make her job at the hotel, like to give to give Phoebe some more purpose in this episode. You know what I mean? Cuz there wasn't much going on with her besides that and everyone else had something to do, but um I I did like that, though. I did, I, I like, I like the way this turns out. She cracks me up at the end.
0: Yeah, and I think this episode shows a lot of growth for all three sisters in different ways. Like, we see Prue kind of learning to kind of celebrate herself in this episode, which I think she's used to doing things for her sisters, but for herself, it's always about just do what I have to do, do what I have to do, and not kind of take a moment to celebrate life, which is what birthdays are about. Um, We see Piper kind of opening that door to having feelings for someone again after Jeremy. And I think we see Phoebe learning to care, not just about kind of what she wants out of life, but about people in the larger sense, which I think will become an important part of her character as this season goes on and into the future. So I think we're seeing kind of the beginning of what we've already been seeing in Phoebe's character, which is that she cares very much about other people. But this is kind of an episode where Prue's taking notice of it, which I think also develops
1: their relationship further.
0: And that's kind of what this subplot is serving.
1: I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that because I did also kind of forget about... I mean, we'll see it in, you know, further along in the episode, uh, how this kind of connects her and Prue a little bit more. (laughs) And then um, we cut to the manor and Mark is just sitting in the living room trying to press buttons on a TV and his fingers just going right through. Piper walks in and uh, he just kind of starts talking to her about how it's all new to him and, you know how he's not used to being a ghost and Piper has a blanket in her hand and asks if ghosts even sleep and he said that he doesn't even get cold anymore Um, and then they kind of just get into conversation about how him being a ghost or him being dead now is finally sinking in for him and how he can't do all the things that he used to do and he kind of starts talking about his life and his mom and Piper sees that his mom means a lot to him. And then he explains that when he was young, his father died and it was just the two of them, you know, him and his mom and how his mom taught him how to cook. Piper says that her grandma taught him how to, taught her how to cook and how much she loved it and became a chef. And he kind of tells her about this Peking duck recipe that's been in their family. Uh, And they just, they just keep talking about stuff and having a good time together. And that's, that's kind of how that scene ends, which I think is what you were saying before, kind of showing like her opening the door to like, oh, or feeling comfortable with someone else after Jeremy for the first time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought this scene, this scene was super cute. I like the connections they're making with the maternal figures in their life and cooking. And I think just seeing Piper able to find someone who she has so much in common with and who she can be genuinely sweet with. And I feel like he's recognizing a lot of these qualities in her that I think other people have pointed out to her, but she doesn't necessarily see about herself. So I think that this is a really
1: good relationship for her. Too bad he is dead. Yeah. (laughs) If only. If only he was alive, because I feel like this could have gone somewhere. So cute. Like, they were really adorable.
0: Yeah, definitely. So then we go back to the hotel. They're by the elevators, and Phoebe approaches Mr. Corey, who is the guy who left his wallet at the bar in the previous scene. At first, it starts off kind of like cutesy. He's like, oh, you're that psychic, whatever. They're kind of, he's kind of like joking around. She mentions that she left a note for him warning him not to go outside. (laughs) And he kind of starts freaking out, thinks she's trying to scare him. That's when his wife approaches. And she is the same woman who, earlier that day, Phoebe had given the reading about her gaining weight to. The woman accuses her, oh, I'm sorry, the man accuses her of stealing his wallet. And says to stay away from them. And that's when she yells, he's going to die as they're getting into the (laughs) elevator. And they're like, we're going to call security. Like, they're not having it. They don't believe her at all.
1: Phoebe, sweetheart, could have handled that a little bit better. (laughs) You sound like you're going to murder him. But, I mean, do what you got to do. Yeah, like, I feel like her intentions here are so good, but,
0: like, her method, like, you just come across, like, a psycho stalker.
1: Yes, the entire episode. And, I I don't know, I feel like she definitely could have found a better way to, well, I mean, what could she really have done? But I feel like she could have approached it at least better. (laughs) A little more gentle. Yeah, I think...
0: Maybe trying to talk to him before the ominous do
1: not go outside note maybe would have gone a little better. (laughs) Could have gone over a bit smoother there. And the way she just, like, she clearly didn't see how that was so weird at first. Like, she wrote this message and was, like, "Word, like, this is it. (laughs) This is good. Because the way she casually brought it up, like, oh, you got my note, right? Um the one warning me not to go outside stay the fuck away from me what the hell <laughs> like that's so creepy she
0: like wrote up the note and like felt like she was like
1: snooky and jetty in the jersey shore she's like oh perfect. <laughs> just leave this yeah. here. <laughs> she's like i i really did something here <laughs> okay phoebe um Alright, so then we cut back to Buckland's and Prue walks in her office and sees that there's flowers on her desk and Andy's kind of waiting there behind the door but she doesn't see him at first until he shuts it and then he says hi and tries to apologize to her and says that he was going to tell her that he was married before. She says some witty response like, when were you going to tell me before or after the doors to our adjoining room flung open? I was like, Period, pro. Um, <laughs> and she kind of is just like, I don't understand why you wouldn't tell me unless you were clearly trying to hide it from me. And he says, and th- he says, it was an innocent dinner. I have an ex wife and I don't hate her. Is that so horrible? And Prue says, no, it's not, but not being honest and telling me up front is. And he says, I apologized for that already. Why are you trying to turn this into something it's not? What's really bugging you? Looks like I'm not the only one trying to hide a secret. And then, you know, that was kind of the end of that scene. But I was like, I have like a comment here. I was like, ill. Like, <laughs> literally. That was so, like, what do you mean turning it into something? That's exactly what this is. You lie. Why are you trying to turn this into something? That's exactly what it is. What are you yeah. talking about, Andy? like,
0: okay, Gaslight King, like, that's guys weren't
1: kissing. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? She, It's not even, and she wasn't even talking about that. Like, she wasn't sitting there like, oh, you were hooking up with your ex-wife. She was like, I just don't understand why you weren't honest about it. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, are you, why are you turning this into that right now? What would you rather it be? Like, that's the truth. It was- it's like you don't want someone to accuse there. you
0: of being a liar when you were being a liar. What?
1: Exactly. <laughs> and like you came here is you came here with the intention to apologize and ended up getting mad at her for like explaining calmly why she was upset. But and Prue didn't even like Prue didn't even think of it that way. Like her face at the end of the scene was very like, oh he's right. Like, no. he's not but I think that just also stems from Prue's guilt of having to keep the secret from him all along anyways
0: yeah and I feel like there's like he's 100% in the right that she's keeping something from him right yeah however bringing it up in the response to the fact that you kept something very important from her and she got upset about it that's not the appropriate time to be like well you're keeping secrets too
1: yeah, no, no, it's not at all. Especially, like, it's it, it's very different. And, and what he did is kind of worse. Like, it's obvious that, because Prue's, yeah, she's keeping a secret, but she's not hiding the fact that she's keeping a secret, you know? Like, it's very clear that she wishes she could tell him, but can't. And I think even he sees that, which is part of what I was saying before, like, why he's still being there you know but this like you being married that's something completely different and something that you know isn't just a part of your life it it matters to your relationship together you know like you having dinner with your ex-wife that affects Prue too yeah so it's it's just a little different you know I didn't yeah I didn't think it was right for Andy to react the way that he did there but yeah, know. and it's
0: also like if you're in a relationship with someone and you're going out on what could be considered a date with someone else, like that's not okay. Like what would have been appropriate is for him to be like, I have dinner with my ex-wife sometimes. We're still friendly, whatever. But he's kind of like, oh, you're turning this into something. It's not like I'm sorry, you going on secret dates with your ex? is not something it's not. That's, like, a valid yeah. thing to be upset about. And that's not even what Prue is upset about. She's upset about exactly. the fact that you kept it from her, not even that you
1: did it. I would have been upset that you did it. I, no, no. I, yeah, exactly. I would have been upset about everything. And Prue was, like, very calm and rational about it and only thought about... Like, as soon as he was, like, I have an ex-wife and I don't hate her. Is that so bad? I would have been, like, oh, yes. Like... <laughs> Why don't you hate that bitch? (laughs) I would have been pissed. I would have been like, ew, I don't want you being friends with your ex. Like, I'm sorry, but that's weird to me. But Prue was like, no, that's fine. I don't even care about that. I'm upset that you didn't tell me. And he's like, oh, you bitch. Like, (laughs) no reason.
0: Yeah, I think we see that like Prue is a very mature person and like, <laughs> I feel like Andy would have had a better reaction if she was upset about the dinner that he did that she was upset about hiding things because like that is 100% valid. There's no universe where like lying to the person you're dating is okay. So I think the fact that like she wasn't like, oh, he went out to dinner because like he was ready to defend that. You know what I mean? Yeah, he wasn't he had, ready to defend I kept a secret.
1: For that exactly which I think honestly but I will say that his response here is very accurate to I feel like how it would have been in real life because no definitely in moments like that because I feel like I would have and probably in the past with I mean obviously not this exact situation but like similar things when I've gotten to an argument with my ex like I always kept myself very rational and cool and like tried to point out the facts you know like why this matters and it's like and not so much the things that he could easily defend and that's what they do that's what they do when they're backed into a corner and they know they're wrong you know like he had a reason to you know or he he had an excuse for the whole having dinner with her thing but she's like "No, no, no 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 that's that's not the issue this is the issue and that was something that he couldn't defend. So he just went on, you know, defense mode. And I think it's definitely realistic, like that's 100% how things would go down if in real life and have before, for me at least.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see it too. So let's get into the next scene. Um, So (laughs) now we're at Mark's house and Mark and Piper approach. She's speaking to Mark's mom. The caption said in Chinese. I'm assuming it's Mandarin, but I don't know that for sure. And she does this because Mark tells her that if she speaks to her in Chinese, that his mom will trust her. So Mark's mom asks if she knows where Mark is. And Piper and Mark are both confused by this. They're wondering why she um, doesn't know. And she says she hasn't heard from him since his birthday. Mark says that Piper has to tell his mom that he's dead, but Piper isn't able to do that. Instead, she tells his mom that if she sees or hears from him, that she'll let her know. That's when Mark tries to run at the door as his mom goes inside. But that charm that we saw his mom try to give him in the beginning blocks him from going into the door
1: okay so that scene broke my heart like i just feel so bad for mark's mom and piper has such a big heart like she couldn't even tell her i wouldn't have been able to do it too i mean either and but at the same time it's like i feel bad for mark because he needs her to know and it's just horrible horrible circumstance
0: yeah, I think he chose the wrong sister to do it. We know damn well that Phoebe would have been able to be like, "Well, he's dead." So. Yeah,
1: Phoebe would have been all over that, and I feel like she would have left to know. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Oh my god. <laughs> that was good. No, nah, she would have. <laughs> oh my god, don't go outside today. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't don't expect your son home anytime soon. <laughs> like oh my god oh that's evil (laughs) okay well yeah definitely the wrong sister but at least at least she's a sweetheart and i think mike noticed or mike mark notices that (laughs) all right so next we cut to prue and phoebe in the kitchen at the manor and Prue asks where Phoebe was last night and can tell something is wrong because Phoebe's cleaning and not really talking about what's going on. And Prue tries to get her to talk about what's bugging her. Finally, Phoebe tells her about the premonition that she had and the struggle she's having trying to protect this guy, how she doesn't really know what to do because he thinks that she's crazy. And Prue asks where he is now, and Phoebe says at the Hotel Neptune. And Prue says, what were you doing there? Phoebe's, Phoebe assumes Prue is going to get mad at her, and but she, you know, explains anyways how she got a psychic job there to get money for Prue's gift. And she's like, go ahead and yell at me. And Prue kind of just completely dismisses that whole part and says, Phoebe, like, you can't let him die. You have to go protect him. Phoebe's like, well, yeah, I broke a key in his door at the hotel and locked him in, so he's safe till morning and then she's like, wait a minute, you're not mad at me, and she go and Prue says, you were trying to do something good, and now you're going to get to do something wonderful. That's the best gift I could have asked for, and then Piper and Mark walk in and say, you guys have to see this, and they turn on the news, uh, and they're talking about how the police found Mark's body, but the news thinks that Okay, so the news says that the body is burned beyond recognition, but the personal items found with it suggest that it was some criminal named Tony Wong's body. And Tony Wong is actually, because it shows this picture, we see it's actually the guy that murdered Mark. And they kind of realize, like, oh, you know, this guy Tony used Mark's body to fake his death, to get out of his crimes, his sentences, whatever, Uh, And Phoebe, I think, touches the remote and gets this premonition of Tony in a room that has these Chinese symbols on the wall. And she writes down the symbols in hopes that Mark will kind of recognize what area this is. And he sees that it's some warehouse in Chinatown. And that's how this scene ends.
0: Yeah, so I think a lot of this is... We have, you know, the Phoebe and Prue exposition scene, which I think leads us to that really sweet quote from Prue. So that's the only reason I don't mind all the exposition we're getting in this scene.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think, you know, it kind of ties us back to that subplot I was talking about before of Phoebe starting to see, I mean, Prue starting to see how Phoebe is growing. And then, of course, you know, we get the plot point of uncovering Tony Wong's reason for killing Mark. And also them finding out that now they have to go find him because obviously this is part of a bigger conspiracy and Mark is still in danger.
1: Exactly. That's, that's pretty much what I got, too.
0: Yeah. So then we cut to the warehouse in Chinatown. Piper and Mark enter through the basement. Mark is kind of saying how it's too dangerous and that he doesn't want her to go through with it. Piper reminds him that she has the power to freeze. He keeps saying all these things to make her more afraid and she says that's good because the more scared she is the more her power will come out he mentions that there's an amulet on the door and he's not going to be able to get in so Piper you know throws it on the ground so he can come in they go in together she freezes the bad guys they take a picture of Wong with the newspaper saying that he is dead that's when they unfreeze and they are chasing after Piper and she gets into her car. As they're driving away, Tony Wong writes down her license plate.
1: Yes, so that scene just, you know, obviously they they did that to show, uh, you know, Tony with, to, to show that Tony's still alive on the day that he's supposed to be dead. And him writing down her license plate, obviously that's... <laughs> shows something's about to go down a little bit later. Okay. Um, so then we cut to Piper walking out of the police station and she starts talking to Mark and tells him that she slipped the photograph under, you know, of Wong with the newspaper under Andy's door and says that Andy's really smart, a good inspector and he'll figure it out and know what to do. Uh and she also says that she put Mark's name in with the picture so that they can figure out that it's actually Mark's body Andy comes out and sees Piper talking to herself because obviously he can't see Mark with her and he comes up to her and just kind of asks you know if Prue told her what's going on and what he what she thinks he should do about it and she says you know just give her some space and let her work it through they hug and Andy walks away and mark turns to piper and is like you says that she's a really sweet person and that he wants to take her somewhere so there i think we see some development between mark and piper another cute moment like all it took was him being her being nice to andy and mark's like you're so sweet (laughs) i love that
0: yeah I don't really have much to add. I think this is just, you know, one of those scenes that's developing that connection between them more.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So then the next scene, um, we're back at the hotel. We see Phoebe and Mr. Corey again. She says she wants to save his life and follows him outside. This time he has the briefcase and, you know, he's about to get hit by that car as she saw in her vision. Uh, She jumps in front of the car and does, in fact, save his life. His wife approaches, and that's when she's kind of like, that'll be $20, tip not included. And it's just kind (laughs) of like this sassy ending to that little subplot.
1: Yeah, I loved that. The way she, like, fixed her collar, like, yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, Phoebe. And they were just sitting there so confused. But that was, yeah, no, that was a good ending to that plot. She ended up saving him. So, yeah, I don't think there's much there either. Yep. All right. So next we go to Piper and Mark walking into Mark's old apartment when he was still alive. And they, they're they kind of just looking around, talking about a book. And uh, then he asks her to reach for this box, and she does and inside of this box is his grandfather's recipes that they've been serving in their family's restaurant for decades, and uh, he says that he wants Piper to have them for everything that she's done for him, and he says that he, he, he only asks one favor, and that's for her to use them for Prue's surprise party, and Piper's kind of like, well, Prue doesn't want a party, and that's when Mark says you know birthdays are important i should know because i walked out on my last one and didn't know i'd never get another she may not know it but she needs to sell celebrate her birthday and you know not take it for granted so i think there that scene was that's where you know the connection between you know it being prue's birthday in the beginning of the story and mark's mark dying on his birthday that's where this kind of connects and uh like where the whole story where the storylines come together
0: Yeah, and I think I understand it. Like, I definitely get it as a plot device and everything. But I, like, I don't know. I hate when people use, like, well, you know, I didn't get this thing. And that sucks for me. Like, this bad thing happened to me. So you should appreciate this thing. Because I did it. And look what happened to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that either. Because then it just kind of makes you feel like, okay, like, just makes you feel shitty yeah like not everyone cares about the same things and not everyone not not every situation is the same for everyone so I don't like when people compare like that but you know I did appreciate it for plot's sake yeah
0: exactly and like you know other than that I think this is a very very sweet scene between the two of them I like that he's offering her these recipes and kind of this connection to him and his family I think it shows That they have formed a strong bond with each other over such a short period.
1: What it really shows is that Piper makes dudes fall in love. Like what they've known each other for a day and you're giving him her your whole family's like decades worth of recipes like where can I find someone like this.
0: So we leave that scene. We go back to the manor. We see Prue is sitting in her room. She's flicking through channels. Phoebe enters and she's kind of concerned about this because she says that's something that Prue never does. Prue asks Phoebe how everything turned out. And Phoebe says that she saved the man. She says it felt so good, not just she felt so good, not just about herself, but about everything. And Prue kind of seems to recognize this growth in Phoebe in this moment, and I think it's a real connection point for them as sisters. Um, This is when Phoebe then asks Prue about Andy. And one thing I didn't mention earlier, but I definitely took note of, Phoebe, I mean, Prue has a tendency when Phoebe asks questions about her relationship to dodge them, and then when it's just her and Piper to talk about what's bothering
1: her. I've noticed that too.
0: So I think this is a scene where Prue finally feels comfortable enough to finally talk to Phoebe about the things that's bothering her. So she says that, she mentions that she's also keeping a secret from Andy and that he was right to call that out. And that's when Phoebe says to her, we're the charmed ones, not the doomed ones. And we saw her say something very similar to Piper a few episodes ago when Piper was kind of struggling with being a witch and whether or not she was evil. So I think this is us really seeing that Phoebe does care so much about her sisters, and I think she sees so much in them. And that's when Phoebe kind of leaves Prue with that advice to talk to
1: Andy and work things out. Yeah, I I agree. I think that it kind of shows out of Out of everyone, Phoebe is the one most connected to the idea of being a witch. Like, I feel like Prue and Piper aren't, you know, fully on board while Phoebe, like, from the get-go was. And I think that just kind of continues to show as she's always the one who's like, you know, yeah, these powers are getting in our way sometimes, but we're meant to do great things. Like, it doesn't mean that we're set up for failure, you know? She's always... Like, you know, she did it with Piper, she did it with Prue, the one defending that, you know, which I think is I think is really nice. It shows that she does care a lot about these and her destiny and all of that. And also, I love how the girls in the show, they're always going on these deep, like, heartfelt advice, like, you know, emotional speeches. And it, it just kind of cracks me up. It's, they're really good and they're really cute. And you know, motivational, but it's just so funny to imagine that. Like, imagine a conversation like that in real life. Like you're telling me, imagine you and I were having a conversation, and I was like, Where are the Sabancos? Not the doomed one. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just it's just really funny when you think about it from like a realistic perspective. But it is really cute in the show. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought about that. you're so right (laughs) so I always make jokes with Caitlin like I'll always like when we're just talking about something like her and her boyfriend I'll like get all deep and emotional and be like like just say some stupid (laughs) thing that only would happen in a show you know (laughs) um okay so after that Mark and Piper are walking back into the manor, and Piper asks if he's okay, and he's just kind of sitting there thinking about what's waiting for him when he finally does uh, go to heaven or go to hell. Well, you know, I guess we won't find out if Yama gets him yet, and he says that he doesn't, you know, him and Piper are getting very, like, close and intimate right here, and um, he says that he doesn't want the night to end, and he's not ready to say goodbye And that's when Piper starts, (laughs) like, air-touching his face. Like, getting her hand really close, but not actually touching him, because she knows that she can't. And she's like, just close your eyes and imagine that you can actually feel me touching you and comforting you. And then they do, like, an air kiss, where they get really close to each other's lips, but don't actually touch lips. And then that's when... Tony and his boys burst through the door and completely ruin that moment. And they just snatch up Piper and take her out the door. And Mark's screaming like, somebody help. Prue and Phoebe come running downstairs and they're like, What happened? And Mark tells them that, you know, Tony, Tony's men got Piper and they all kind of run out the door to go find her and call 911
0: oh my god can we just say like it was so polite of these gang members to wait until after they kissed to (laughs) come
1: in and kidnap her yeah you think they were just like waiting outside the door like all right let's just give them a sec like yeah like this is definitely a romantic moment (laughs) (laughs) the way they just burst it in like way to kill the vibe literally do you think that had they not bursted in, um,
0: they would have had air sex? No, I'm just kidding. We know Piper <laughs> doesn't have sex on the first date.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Um, like imagine that though. They're just like, ew. Ew. Like air ripping off each other's clothes. Like
0: <laughs> we've gone too far.
1: They they just completely ruined. I guess we'll never know because of Wong and his men, but i would have loved to see that (laughs) how far are you willing to go piper (laughs) all right um
0: so then we're at the warehouse and piper is tied up and wong is talking he says the first time i saw you i thought you were a ghost which you know is funny because Mark is a ghost, obviously, so we catch on to that. But he doesn't know about ghosts being real. So Piper's kind of like, oh, like, you have me tied up. Can you at least untie my hands? Because she obviously wants to be able to freeze him. He asks who knows that he's alive. He says that he was going to start a new life in Hong Kong. He had the boat set up. He faked his own death. Everything was all prepared. And then she came along and screwed it all up. Then we cut to the police station where Andy is at his desk. He finally finds that envelope, sees the photo, and he's holding the phone to his ear, but instantly lets it drop because he now knows that it is not
1: Tony Wong who was the dead body. Yes. And can I just say, great, great acting skills on Tony there with that whole dramatic, like, you screwed everything up, Piper. Like,. <laughs> Okay, Tony, calm down. What a great, like, villain speech.
0: You know, I love when (laughs) villains just announce their entire plan as if it wasn't very
1: obvious what he was doing. (laughs) I always think about that. And the way, like, this, I love that they put in the exposition to, like, I, I guess it was just kind of a confirmation, even though, you know, it was already kind of assumed that he did kill Mark to use his body. But Piper's like, why did you kill Mark? And he's like, I needed to use his body to, you know, fake my death and get away and go to Hong Kong and start my whole new life. And you're like, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Okay, Tony, relax.
0: (laughs) Like, I think the only new information we got here was that you were going to Hong Kong. Everything else was very (laughs) obvious.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Let's see. Let's see if he makes it. Maybe he'll still get there. So... Then after Andy gets the envelope, we go back to the warehouse, and Prue and Phoebe burst through the front door downstairs, and there's a guy, and Mark, Mark's there too, and a guy with the gun comes out, and Prue just kind of uses her powers and throws him across the room. Tony and the other boys that are in the room with Piper hear the noise, and Tony's like, you know, shoot anyone who comes through the door, but Prue kind of uses her powers on them before they even get that chance and tony tries to shoot her but just in time piper gets her hands untied and freezes the bullet in the air and tony and then phoebe and Piper or phoebe and prue run over and untie piper and tony unfreezes and sees that you know they just you know magically hopped from one part of the room to the other and he kind of freaks out and he's like who are you people And that's when Prue uses her powers and knocks him down the stairs, and he goes to run out the door, but the police pull up at the same time and kind of surround him, and then he goes to shoot them, but the police shoot him down before he gets the chance, and then the girls all see this happen, and they're like, okay, we gotta get out of here before Andy sees us, and... Then we see Tony's spirit lift out of his body, same way we did with Mark's in the beginning. Uh, and he goes around the back of the building and kind of runs into the girls and Mark. And he's so confused. He's like, what what what's going on? You're dead? Like how are you in front of me?" And that's when Yama shows back up, and Mark pushes Tony into Yama's spear so that yama can take his soul and he does he collects his soul and then yama tries to come for mark but piper jumps in front of him and says no you can't take him he's a good man and he doesn't belong with you and prue and phoebe come next to piper and hold her hands and kind of like kind of like you know to back her up and block yama and yama's just kind of like all right fuck it and leaves and (laughs) that's how that scene ends
0: yeah, Um. so I, you know, I think this was just kind of wrapping up the Wong plot, and that's basically what happened there. We also wrapped up the Yama thing, because it seems like now Mark
1: is safe from
0: that danger.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all just kind of, you know, went down very fast and wrapped up those plot lines.
0: <laughs> yeah. So then we have our second to last scene where we're now at Mark's funeral so obviously his mother finally got the news that he passed away and we see that Mark is standing there he's talking to his mom, mentions how she saved his soul with all the stories that she told him growing up, then he walks over to where the sisters are standing, he tells Prue not to miss her birthday, and Him and Piper have this moment, and Piper, he starts to say to Piper, I wish, and she says, I know, me too. So we get the idea that he was probably going to say that either he wished they'd known each other while he was alive, or that he could stay, or something to that effect. That's when there's another little face touch that's not a real touch going on. And then a man appears on a bridge area on the other side of the cemetery, I guess, and they ask who it is, and Mark says that it's his father. He walks over to him, and they leave together and fade out, so we get the idea that he joined his father in heaven in that scene and then we're left on the sisters, and Piper's kind of teary, and she says, leave it to me to fall for a dead guy, and Phoebe says, it's an improvement. At least he wasn't a warlock.
1: <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> it's just so perfect, which is true, but it's, it's, it's sad that Mark had to go, but I feel like you know, it left us with this idea that Piper's finally able to open up her heart again and kind of trust other people, which I think all in all is a good thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it makes me wonder, you know, obviously Mark, or I I shouldn't say obviously, but potentially Mark isn't the great love of her life. She's not going to spend the next seven and a half seasons pining for her dead boyfriend. So I'm interested to see who the great love of her life might
1: be, if not Mark. (laughs) Yeah, I am too. I wonder if there was a little foreshadowing going on. Um, (laughs) But so after this, uh, we go to the last scene. And it's the girls walking back into the manor after the funeral and as they're walking in the door Prue says that she kind of changed her mind about the party and thinks that she does want one for her birthday and Piper's like well I'm so glad you said that because and that's when everyone that's in the manor jumps out and yells surprise they all were there for obviously Prue's surprise party and Piper's like I got you didn't I and she's like yeah you did and then Phoebe gives her her present that she paid for And we see Andy there across the room, and he smiles at Prue, and Prue smiles back to him. And that's how the episode ends.
0: So I guess we have a happy ending for Andy and Prue. I guess all the issues they've been having all episode just magically disappeared. I wonder
1: if they'll ever come back. (laughs) Uh, I think they're gone, just like Susan. I I swear, (laughs) it's like we, because we never hear about it again. I just don't get it. How do you, how did something like that just go away? But okay.
0: Couldn't tell
1: you. I guess it wasn't that important. <laughs> um, but I think all in all this was a good episode. It showed character development between Prue and Phoebe. I like that in the past, like like from the beginning, from the first episode to now, you can even see the difference in their relationship, like This, I think, is the first time that Prue actually kind of went to Phoebe and, or at least opened up to her, about the stuff that was going on in her own personal life, when typically it is just Piper that she talks to about that stuff. We see Phoebe getting, you know, more mature and kind of showing more how she is willing to do all these things for other people, and she's not just this, you know, selfish, immature person. Uh, and that idea that Piper is finally going to open up her heart again. I think, I think this episode just kind of showed a lot of development in all of them.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Anything else you kind of want to say before we wrap up? I think I'm good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Join us back next time for Season 1, Episode 5, Dream Sorcerer.